you know what, Jacob? Go for it. Start off the episode. Oh, wait. okay, okay, okay. Hello, and welcome to the Six Man Podcast. We are here today with our host, Tiago. Hello, hello. And your co-host, Jacob. And today, what's the plan? What are we doing? Hey. Uh, thank you for starting that off, Jacob. Uh, today we are going to do our, our natural stuff, you know, our hockey or basketball. Sadly, Julian Baldassare could not join us today uh, as he has too much noise in his house, family, you know, all that chaotic stuff. Um, so now it's just me and Jacob Laszlo. If you want to follow us on Instagram, follow Laszlo at L-A-S. There you go, got the L this time. Z-L-O underscore underscore 33. If you want to add me, it's T-I-A-G-O B-O-T-E-L-H-O period 04. And if you want to follow the co-host who is currently not here at the moment, you can follow Julian at J-U-L-I-A-N period B-A-L-D-A-S-A-R-R-A. This episode, which is the eighth episode, which pretty cool we've already made it to eight episodes um we're gonna start off with hockey and then we'll do basketball after and then talk about whatever needs to be talked about uh to start off i guess i'll I'll start it with crosby uh he scored 20 goals in his last on his last game oh my god imagine he scored 20 goals this season with a goal coming in his last game he played which is 20 goals in 13 consecutive seasons which is tied for second. Well, not tied for second, but is second. Because there's only two people ahead of him, and that's Gretzky and Gordie Howe, who uh, have done it in 17 consecutive seasons. Crosby's done it in 13. He's only done it in 17. I mean, Crosby, do you think that he'll get to tie that record, maybe pass it? Or do you think that he'll be just short maybe 16 seasons or something like I that? I think he'll be just short because... Um, I don't think Crosby has about so Gordie was seventeen and then Crosby is twelve, right? Crosby has thirteen, so he 13? would need to do it for another four seasons. Another, oh no, four seasons? Oh yeah, he can do it. I thought it would be like I, I calculated that wrong and then yeah, I think he can do it. I think he'd rather tie or he'll definitely do it. Yeah, I mean to to beat them in that category, it would be five seasons. To tie fourteen and just to be sure it'd be three. He'll definitely make it to three seasons. To get to 16 consecutive, um, to pass maybe, it's it's honestly debatable. How old will he be in four years? Like mid 30s, late four, late late 30s. Like you know, like yeah. obviously we see people like Joe Thornton and Zendino Chara and you know all those players still doing it. Patrick Marlowe at their age. But speaking uh, of Joe Thornton, he just scored <laughs> for the Leafs. Shout out, shout out to the game that's actually playing right now as we speak. But, um, yeah, um, you know, they're obviously still doing their thing. So maybe Crosby can do the same, but I don't, I don't see it happening. I see him passing it maybe, but not going crazy off the walls, like 19 consecutive seasons or something like that. Yeah, no, he won't go over and beyond 100%, but I feel like he's rather going to tie it or beat it because, you know, he's still a really great player. So one of the top players in points in the entire league, even though his, he's getting a bit old. But you know what? I think he still has the – opportunity to uh, pass Gordie Howe and Lingrexky and or at least tie them and get that record. Yeah, I mean, the only really other people that are in his way that are playing right now is Joe Thornton, like we said, uh, Patrick Marlowe, and Zinino Chara. 
Um, but speaking of Zanino Chara, who's definitely not going to do it because he doesn't score that many goals a season. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he today, I think they're playing today, the Caps today. Um, he will reach 1,600 games played in the mm-hmm. NHL, which uh, for people who don't know Jacob, he is a very huge fan of Zanino Chara. Mm-hmm. He absolutely loves the six foot seven or whatever six foot nine. Yep, six foot nine person he is. Um, so he's the fifth defenseman to reach a thousand six hundred games played. Um, I'm gonna give you like how many games he needs to be to go up in that list, and you just let me know where you think he'll end up. Because he, I don't know how many years he has left in his NHL playing career, but I'll just let you. I'll just let you guess. So uh, to end up in the top. 10, he would need to play 35 games, which is doable. To end up in the top 6, he would need to play 100 games. And to end up in the top number 1 spot is 169 games. But, technically, more than that. Because number 1 is Patrick Marlowe, and he's still playing. So I would say around 200 games or maybe 190-something games for um, Chara to get the number 1 spot. Where do you think you'll end up on that list? I say he's going to need way more than that. Oh, really? Because Marlowe is not... I don't think he's going to retire anytime soon. I don't think he has any plan on it. Like, he's still doing damage for a team, and he loves the sport. There's a reason why he's first in games played in the in the entire NHL. And did it in a way younger than... Exactly. What, um, and if... How was... And if we never had, like, these COVID conditions, you know, with the season being cut short and whatever, and also with the 2004 lockout, I think, or any, any other situation that happened in the past with cutting the season shorter, if there was, I, I think he would have definitely uh, achieved that a lot earlier than he should have. Yeah, so, I definitely agree with that. So I don't think Chara will... And he might even retire this season, who knows, because... Um, he already has not have a spot in Boston, and mm-hmm. he's lucky to pick up a spot in Washington because Washington needed a big defenseman, and that was kind of Chara. But who knows? And Chara, you know, he's not really known for his points, but you know, he's not pulling up as as many points as he used to be. He only has nine points in like forty something games, which is not bad for him, for him at his age. But you know, like um, who knows? Like, and and he's only gonna get worse by his age. So I think I, if it's not next year, it'll be the year after, and he's definitely going to retire soon. It's sad, and I don't want to say that because, you know, he's my favorite player entire league, but it's just a fact that when you get old with anybody, with any player, eventually you're going to get bad, right? Because your body can't take it anymore. Yeah, most players are at least like that. And plus he's the oldest player in the league, so Marlowe is younger than him and probably yeah. has more seasons in him than Chara. So I think, if anything, he'll go fourth or third. But definitely, maybe top three, but that's kind of pushing it. First, I don't think he will. He will not pass Marlowe, no chance. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, it's obviously tough because he's getting older, like you said. And, um, you know, if he doesn't do it this year, he might not retire. Who knows, you know, because, yes, he's getting older, all that stuff. But at the same time, his presence is felt, you know what I mean? He's no, of course, he's definitely one of the points and stuff like that. But, you know, he's he's a born captain. No, I'm saying, yeah, he's one of the most, he's probably the most inspirational player in the league. And he's the, probably one of the best defensive. He's the top, like one of the best. I don't know where I would rank him, but I think he's maybe top three best defensive defenseman in the entire league. Like when he's on, you can't really get scored. Like he's there. 
Like imagine like imagine going on a one on one against a six nine guy. If you can go anywhere near him, you're gonna get clocked. On skate seven foot something. Exactly. On skate seven yeah, exactly. Seven probably seven foot one. I'm saying or seven foot. Um yeah. there's no way that's what I'm saying. He's he's not even though he's not known for his points, but even for a defensive defenseman, um, they should be pulling off more points than he's doing and not like you know what I mean? You get my point. Yeah, right? yeah, I know what you're you're trying to say here. Um, I, I would not want him to retire. He was the last player I ever want to be retired. But <laughs> we're gonna be just... like McDavid's retiring, Zeno Char is in his mid sixties, still going on. <laughs> That's what I wish, but you know what? He's getting old. Like when he was younger, he would pull off really... like when he was younger, like in his prime, he would pull off like sixty points. Mm-hmm. Right and now, he's pulling off nine. He'll be lucky to finish off the season with more than like eighteen or nineteen or whatever. Like if he gets, he gets to twenty, 20 plus, at, that'd be crazy. That'd be impressive. That would be impressive. That's actually pretty good for a defensive defenseman, and that's actually not. Yeah, that's not bad for defensive defensemen, especially especially for Tara. Especially, yeah. yeah, especially for him. I think he would still be in the league after that. But I don't know. And he has a one-year contract with Washington. Who, who knows? He's already making like a lot of um, like compassion with his teammates, especially with Ovechkin and like uh, what's his name, uh, TJ Oshi. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like the, if you see the pregame rituals, they always just go crazy. But you know, <laughs> it's just age. Age is just eventually it gets to you. You know, no pregame ritual will ever be better than Svechnikov and um, the guy with him. I forget who it is who does it, but he just goes. Mr. I think uh, I I know exactly what you're talking about. That yeah, exactly it's the best. I love it because there is a clip of I think it was the New York Rangers in the other room, and all you hear is a, a faint ah, and all the Rangers are just looking around each other like, what the hell? What just happened? Like I saw Zabinojad like was playing with a stick and it happened. He just looked at me like, what the hell? Like <laughs> what was that? Uh, but yeah, uh, Chara. Don't force yourself. Just just do what you want. Retire the season if you want to, even though Jacob tells you not to. Doesn't matter. The thing is, too, also, he's not like any other guy. Like, he's a very big guy, and he's very strong, and he still is doing heavy workouts for his age group. Like, very, yeah. very heavy workouts. Like, you should see what he does on a daily basis. Like, like, even when he was a kid, he used to take 500 slap shots per day. Like he, even ever since he was a kid, he always goes like, like he has that Above strength. And he has that. He probably is the strongest player in the league. Maybe not the definitely one of the strongest. But mm. you know, just but like with age, like he he's gonna get more fragile. Like he's gonna make a mistake, like hurt something, and then that's it. Like it's gonna take long for his bones to heal. Like stuff like something like that. Who knows? He's just gonna worry about more of his health. He hasn't drank right. enough milk in his life, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, older, like taller, stronger players always have it tough because in the NBA, Yao Ming only played eight seasons. He was like seven foot seven, I think, maybe or seven foot three or something like that. I don't know, but he was really tall and he only played eight seasons. There was this seven foot eight prospect who didn't even play in the NBA and only played a couple years. Um, you know, Manu Bull played a, a little bit of time, but it wasn't like a crazy amount of seasons. Taller players always have tough times, especially like basketball where you're jumping up and down and running up and down. With skating, it's it's still the same. You're, all that energy is getting put into these blades and you're just going and going. For him to be going on for this long, it's pretty impressive. And 
you know, um, hopefully he doesn't end now. Hopefully it's, it's exactly. later on. Because, you know, Dustin Bufflin, right? He uh, was in the league and he just left. He didn't even retire yet. I think he's, uh, I think his contract expired, but mm-hmm. he just kind of just dips. He's like, we'll see ya. He was good. I like Dustin Bufflin. He was a big guy. He was very scary. He was like, after watching him, he was going to be... But he was more of a guy who, like, uh, pissed people off and, like, was just, like, you know, Taro was more of a guy with compassion, uh, you know, just always wanted to help people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, those two guys, like, and both were 33, coincidentally. Whoa. Anyways, Uh... um, I would like to talk about um, the Leaf game. (laughs) <laughs> that happened last time against the Winnipeg Jets. I've actually been wanting to talk about this for quite a bit. If you would like game. to, if you would like to say the score and what had happened, please do. So I think the score was five, six, four, five to three. We didn't... With the one that we won or lost, the one that we won, we only played five to three. Five to three. Okay, so yeah, it was five to three. And after the game, the Jets organization, or I don't know if it was a just organization, but they were complaining that we're too dirty. The Maple Leafs. The, the team that, you know, we've been made fun of for how long? For being such a, like a like a soft team, right? Like, we always be like, yeah. oh, these teams, like, who cares, who cares? Now we actually get some like, like actual good, hitters good, and yeah, like, like Wayne like Simmons. Nick Foligno, Jake Muzzin, you know, we get guys like that, and they complain. They complain, and like it's it, listen. It's not like they're dirty hits too, right? Like it's in the head or like the only one I could think of was Joe Thornton's. He got fined for a hit recently. Yeah, that I remember but, seeing that hit too. But like besides that, like that's the only one. It's hockey, and if they do do it, it get caught on. Like. Yeah, and it's a penalty, you know what I mean? It's a penalty, and they'll get fined, so they, most likely they won't do it again. Jumbo Joe probably will never make that mistake again. But to say that the Leafs are dirty is kind of ridiculous. If you want to talk about dirty, go talk to Boston. Even though Boston recently hasn't been, I don't know, I've been like watching them a little bit. They haven't really been too dirty. Like I, I've been noticing that, but back in the day, you know, it, they were they pretty were, intense. The, the big bad Bruins. That's what we're doing. I was gonna say, talk about the big bad Bruins, because mm-hmm. that's what they're known as uh, back in the day. Now I don't. They're not as bad. I still don't like Marshan, but you know what? That's another story. I think he's probably one of the only dairy players left on the Bruins. I don't know because everyone now is young and uh, like you. It's a different team. It's it's a whole different team than it was back in two thousand and ten. Like you have like guys like Tim Thomas. Milan Lucic, Daniel Chara, Marsh, and all those guys. I'm like, back in the day, it was like a lot more of a dirty team than it was now. Because you got those big guys. Like, and obviously, if you have big guys, you take advantage. But there's a difference yeah. of being a big hitting team and just being dirty. And that was the Bruins back in the day. But yeah, if you're going to call the Leafs a dirty team for having guys that who can hit, besides that Jumbo Joe hit, totally understandable. Um, that's just very unreasonable, I would say, because kind of embarrassing, it, really. It's, it's kind of like you lose a game and you're gonna cry about it, right? And um, even do you know what the the general manager, the Winnipeg general manager said? No. 
that the Leafs are so poor that they should get a part-time job. Which is why we have everyone on $1 million contracts. Exactly. Just, you know, wanting to play for us because we're poor. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> money. We're it's not, only coming that. here with $1 million contracts. I don't know what he meant by, I guess, I don't know what he meant that they want to play. Yeah, I don't know what he meant by, like, we have no cap space. Or Maybe. if um, we're actually a poor team, even though that's not reasonable because we're the second. I think we're the second highest paying, fra- like, the second most expensive <laughs> franchise in the league. It doesn't help that if, if this year we had ticket sales, they'd be number one. Exactly. Our tickets are fucking like a hundred dollars. Expe- yeah, and they're gonna be even more, even higher with the fact that we signed Jumbo Joe, Wayne Simmons, Jason Spence, like you know, like all those guys. Like, yeah, those are not those are players that are like not very, you know, easy to come by. Like they're very that they're veterans, and like just to see them play is just amazing it's, to watch. Yeah, it's great. It's just great to see them. Like, we we don't really have anybody that's unknown besides, like maybe like prospects like, like Zandine, Sandine, like M. Nick sorry, Robertson, Nick Robertson. Even though Rick not Robertson's known because he played his, he played at the age of eighteen in the playoffs. Yeah, and um and I think he's cracking a roster now, so I think he's gonna be more known. It's well, more with Hyman out, with Hyman injured. He's you know, gonna be, yeah. He's gonna have a bet more, even more chances to prove himself. Hopefully, he can take advantage. Um. Anyways, yeah. Um. Fuck. <laughs> Besides that, like the Leafs was a good game, the five three game. Um, no, it Winnipeg. was a very good game. The only thing that I have to complain about, and I was, well, I don't know if you noticed this, is that each goal that they scored was not really a nice goal, but more of a, of a Leafs' mistakes in the defensive zone. Yeah. Like, which is kind of ridiculous. Because, listen, Campbell, like I said, Campbell, <laughs> in my opinion, is even letting three goals in. Obviously, once in a while, you're going to let in a bad goal, right? Like, it happens. Like, oh, it's going to happen to everybody, every goalie. But in that game, there's not really a bad goal. Like, I don't know if you watched it. Because in the first game, not the first game, the first goal, uh, I think it was Jake Muzzin. He coughed up the puck. Like, he had it in the zone. He he had two guys on him. And somehow he mispassed it to the player. And then Justin Hall didn't cover the man in front of the net. He was waiting yeah, for yeah, the yeah. puck. Which was also so that was a mixture of Jake Muzzin and Justin Hole, not you know getting the puck properly, and Justin Hole not covering the guy, and that caused the that the first goal, and then the second goal, I remember too, was when T.J. Brody passed the puck to Morgan Riley, and it was kind of a bad pass, but Morgan Riley could have also received it if he jumped forward a little bit. Yeah, misplot passed it, got to the player, shot pass in front of the net, boom, goal. Like, and it, it's not Campbell's fault. Like, those are yeah. plays that shouldn't be happening, right? If it's a shot, okay, it's a nice goal. It happens, you know what? It's it's but plays like that, what do you expect Campbell to do? He can't. Like, those are shots that shouldn't be shots. There, like a shot is a very dangerous thing in hockey because you never know. Even if it's a bad shot, like it's it's. It's an opportunity to get a goal. It's a it's a going it's a scoring opportunity, and that's something yeah. that the least thing to work on is they're limiting the other team's shot yeah, opportunities. That and their defensive breakouts. 
because that's what's messing them up right now. They have the like I, I can say this over and over and over again. They have the offense, and they have the goaltending, and they kind of have, they have the offensive defenseman. They they know how to set it up offensively beautifully. You can tell by how many goals we score a game, right? We get like three, four, five goals a game, and if, if it's less than that, it's very rare. It's considered a bad. It's considered game. a bad game, right? Like it's very rare for us to score less than three goals in a game. And like for and to, to like the fact that they give up that many goals is and if you watch them properly, it's not nice plays. It's the defensive mistakes by defensemen. It's really annoying because it's so players make mistakes and that's fine. Do you know what? But for it to happen over and over again, though, exactly, like you make mistakes, but come on, man, like you gotta like improve on those. Look, if, if a player makes a mistake, a player makes a mistake. I will not like. Do you know, what? it happens to everyone, even Connor McDavid. He he's mm-hmm. made mistakes. He's, you know, he's done stupid things. But you know what? He's still, but he makes up for his mistakes by being the top points maker in the entire league, right? So and for. A defenseman like Jake Munson or TJ Brody, what they have to do is play a better defensive game. And if they play a better defensive game, the Leafs will be better. And we'll actually – we should be winning more games. In the games that we lost, and those three goals should have not been goals, we should have won that game 5 to nothing, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Or at least 5-1. to Because, you know what, one mistake is okay. But making three bad mistakes is – you know what? Because there's just, there's Pretty always bad. mistakes in hockey. You know what? That's how that's how this game is. Like if there's if there's no mistakes, there'd be no goals. Yeah, if there's no mistakes either, there wouldn't be any power plays. Exactly. There wouldn't yeah. be any icing stuff like that. Exactly. So there's always mistakes, and that's fine. But there's just some mistakes that you need, you need to be preventable on. Because if you make those mistakes, you lose games. That's what happens to the Buffalo Sabers. <laughs> everything was a mistake for them exactly exactly uh see well um i would say the only thing that we uh, the thing is we have to figure out our power play situation because our penalty kills are right but our power play is a little uh a little that, scary that too that too you're, you're but but like you said the defensive thing is what's more important like we can survive not scoring goal on a five on four but we can't survive letting mistakes in defense happen that will eventually to lead to a goal. Exactly. Know? If you can score two, three games, if you, not if you can't score, if you, no, <laughs> if we can score, if you can, do, if you can score two, three games, a goal, <laughs> if you can score two, three goals, a game, 95% of the time, you should be winning games. You should, the, the, the other team should not be letting any more goals in. Right. If you do score that many goals, you should be winning games. That's just, you know, it makes sense. Like it's, it's, you know, how it should work. That's how it is. That's just. But if you let more than that, there's obviously something wrong. Sure, if it happens a couple times in a season, but if it's consistent, which is pretty much happening to Leafs, like, um, that's an issue. That's something that has to be worked on, and even the power play. But even then. Do you know what? If we're getting goals on five and five, I'm not complaining. Close game, two two. They get a penalty. We need that one goal that can move us forward and win us the, the round and hope maybe even win us a series. Like everything's yeah. important. And if you don't, like I said, if you don't have power play, it can be a problem, but also cannot. But it's more of defensive game that's more important. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess we'll go on to my next topic I have here. 
talking about defensive game because Bogosian is going to be out for us. Yeah, uh, and it's not minor. Bogosian is going to be out for four weeks, minimum. pretty much minimum, missing at least the first couple of games of the playoffs, probably the first playoff series that we have, which would be against Montreal or Vancouver, Calgary, whoever it is at this point. I don't even know. But um, it, it looks like Sandine and Dermot are going to be our two, that pairing in our defense. And, I mean, that would be nice seeing Sandine get way more playing time now. Um, but near the end of the season, this is the best time for him to do it. If he can get some heat before the playoffs start, then that would be perfect for us. But um, he just can't make mistakes. That's, mm-hmm. He just can't do those or else we're screwed because we don't have any, like, who else do we have to cover? Nothing. We have no one. You I'm know, gonna obviously, we still have our, our players. But I'm yep. going to be honest. I like Sandin. Yeah, I, I do like too. Him. He's... You know, like, he's been proving that he can make an NHL roster. Yeah, he's proven that he can kick it with the NHLers. Like, if Sandine, this is his golden opportunity to prove that he's can be, he should be on the roster. And right now, he's proving that. And I feel like if Sandine keeps this up, one of the one of our defensemen is not going to be on the team next year. I don't know who it's going to be. I think it'll be a toss up between Justin Hole and Bogosian. I personally would would try to trade away Hall. I don't like Hall at all. Yeah, I don't. I would Honestly, rather have Bogosian, which is weird for me, but because Bogosian is listen, I I get it. Bogosian is not like a good offensive player, but defensively. He's that's where his mind is at. Exactly. He's really good. That's and that's something that we really needed for the team, as you can see. And when he's on the ice, he doesn't make like he makes mistakes, but they're not bad mistakes. Yeah. Right? And but the old another thing is, I don't know, have you watched a clip of him getting hurt? Not that I know of. So basically what happened. He was skating. He tripped on the the goal the, the goal line and mm-hmm. ate shit into the boards. <laughs> nice. He, he, no one tripped him. No one touched him. He just fell, which is really just like just annoying because no one hurt him. No one touched. It's not like you remember. The it's not like we got a power play for it or anything. He just literally exactly. just got hurt. Or like even uh, the guy. Like, remember the guy? I can't remember. I, I can't remember who his name was. Who neon need uh, Zach Hyman. Mm-hmm. At least you know, like he got injured for a reason, and you know he's not out for long. And the guy got suspended. I think it should have been longer the suspension, but you know what? He got a penalty for it. He just Bogosian just died, and he's out for like four weeks, which four weeks really, minimum, minimum, which is really really bad because we're gonna need him eventually. Like I said, I yeah. think Sandine can really. I think eventually he can be a first liner. Honestly, I see those projections. You know, he's he's young. Obviously, that's the main part. He's young. He's up and coming. And he's on our AHL team, bro. He's on our scratched lineups uh, instead of playing. So now exactly. this is his chance to show what he can do. Maybe if he does good, he gets bumped up. Maybe beside Riley or beside uh, Muzzin or someone, you know. Uh, I think. We'll see what happens. 
I think he would be good for now if he was to be to be in the roster. I think he'd be good with Dermot because you know him and the him and Dermot are very like they're both. Dermot's more of a two way defenseman, but he's also very speedy, and mm-hmm. then Sandine's like a very offensive minded defenseman. Like he he's very I don't know like if you ever like seen him do these plays, but he always makes open ice passes, and every time I've seen him make an open ice pass, they've always connected with the player and it, it caused an opportunity for the least to score. Which yeah, is I something... watched a couple games. I just remember last season watching him a lot where he was last, just yeah, no. popping off. If he keeps up, if he keep, if he keeps up this um this work right now, as of now, he is gonna be amazing. Yeah, I hope he, he is because I hope he is while he's on our team because of course, you know, and as great. of now, and as of now, if he's already making these offense, how old is the guy? Maybe like early twenties, maybe twenty one, maybe twenty one at the age of twenty one. Who player who's been in the AHL for a couple of years, maybe already two years, maybe, mm-hmm. and is going to the NHL and is already creating opportunities like that. And eventually, when he gets comfortable with the league that he's playing at, just wait for what this kid can do. He is going to be amazing, and I cannot wait to like. Uh, he may not make a first roster, but. Hundred percent minimum, he'll crack the third roster, and I think he, if he was, he should be with Dermot, and then Bogosian with Muzzin, and then Riley and TJ Brody. Mm-hmm. I I agree with you there, hundred percent. Hall, or, I mean, don't give don't give Hall any like he's not bad. Hall is not bad. It's just he's not what we want him to be. Exactly, because. He's like I said. He's not a bad like exactly like, exactly what you said. He's not a bad defenseman. Like, I do not mind Justin Alano. I actually like he he makes smart plays, but he's he makes a lot of mistakes, like a lot of really dumb mistakes that can't at least can't afford. Right yeah, now. I mean, uh, in the playoffs, the last couple of years we were facing Boston. We had that one defender. What was his name, man? He was young, and he would always make a mistake every playoffs. Jake Gardner. Jake Gardner, bro. Jake was just full of mistakes. And in the most vital moments in playoffs, bro, he would let go of the puck. He would not make a smart play. And my brother always blamed it on him. And as soon as he left, he was so confident. Now it's time to feel like Hall is doing that. I mean, it's not in the playoffs yet, but if he's making mistakes now, leading up and possibly could cost us our first place in our division, exactly. you know, who knows what can happen in playoffs. I, I don't think we're going to end up second. I think we're going to stay first. I could be wrong, but I highly doubt because, you know, the games that we lost were just like the games that we lost against the COVID Canucks. The COVID Canucks, bro. The Vancouver Kovacs. COVID Canucks. I, I like think. That. The first game, and I'm obviously like, you know what, they, they didn't count it, and I'm not going to blame the refs on it because, you know what, a, a call's a call. And, mm-hmm. you know what, we should, like, like, I'm not trying to be, you know, like that one guy's like, you know, we technically won this game. But honestly and truly, the first game that we played against the COVID Canucks and we lost, we should have won because that yeah. goal that was that ending. Off, it, it, yeah. was, it was in the back of the net. It was, and I saw it in the back of the net, but I guess they didn't, it wasn't 100% clear because it was, Really close to the goal line, 
and um, his fat ass was in the way as well. Exactly. Holy so it was very hard to see. So at the same time, I do not blame the referees at all. Because you know what? Like, if it's unsure, you got to be, like, you got to call it off. Because who knows, like, right? Then, like, there'd be issues. They, it's just the safe play. And I, like I said, I don't blame them. I, in my opinion, I think it was a goal. Even, like, not, I'm not being a biased Leafs fan, but I honestly think it was a goal. I think it was in the net. But you know what? Like, it's a call. The call's the call. I'm not going to complain about it because we also should have got so many goals in that game that were just yeah, – Like, Jason Spezza, again, I remember he did this twice already this season. It's very annoying. He had an empty net. Like, no – the goalie was way out of position. He shot. He missed the net. And that was just a very – and there's a lot – so many plays where we should have – at least four to five plays where it should have been in the net and it hasn't. We just got really unlucky that game, but – that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the reason why I'm not really complaining about the loss is because we should have won earlier. Not mm-hmm. it should have never went to overtime in the first place. Yeah, we got a point, but it should have never went to overtime to begin with. Yeah, I yeah I agree with that. And then like like you were saying, just you can't blame the refs on that call. Um, and then also in our other games against Vancouver and I think Winnipeg as well, like. Those games that we mm-hmm. lost, or no, just Vancouver. Uh, those games that we lost shouldn't have been losses. It's not like a fault, but um, yeah, I don't think we'll we'll go to second. I don't think we'll go to second, but I think as of now, we should be a lot higher in the standings. Yeah, because there's a lot of hundred percent like, agree with that. Because we, it's just, it's very confusing. Like, I don't really know how to explain it. Like there's games like. They're gonna lose games. That's that's hundred percent a fact. Like they're gonna lose games, and like to lose that many games, it's kind of disappointing because there's so many games that like I was watching, and I'm like that should have happened. This play should have never happened. You know, like mm-hmm. it's not like small mistakes. That's like okay, do you know what happened? Whatever. It's just stupid mistakes that like like the puck should not be in the back of the net, and there's plays that we should be scoring right. Like we have the potential to win. It all. And that's just, like I said, I'm not being a biased Leaf fan saying, like, oh, this is our year. We have, like, I've said this, and I've said this for the past three or four podcasts, probably. <laughs> we have the players, we have the goaltending, and we have the defensemen. We just got to work it together and not make stupid mistakes because the playoffs are right around the corner, probably in a few weeks. It's not far away. It's not far. I think it's next in, month. It's literally in three weeks. It's three weeks. It's, <laughs> that's in May. That's very soon. We got to take the opportunity to like just win. Because if we don't, like, if we, I think 100% will make it to the third round. I don't have any doubt in my mind unless we get unlucky. But like, I think we should be making it past the third round after that. It depends because you know what? We're not used to the American teams, but we can say the same thing with American teams. They're not used to us. They don't know how we play, we don't know how they play. So yeah. it's kind of the same situation. They're not really used to the same type of, uh, you know, plays. But you know what? I think they have a very golden opportunity to sh- show these Americans and to show the world, the hockey community that is, that the Leafs can do it. And I think if it's, like I said, and this is their year. Like it has to be. If it's not this year, they won't do it. Unless they make some big signings in the off season. And you know, figure out the cap space situation. I think they should be doing it this year. 
Yeah. As soon as this NHL season ends, that podcast that happens after that, we're going to have our uh, West and East or Central Division, all our predictions to go oh, yeah. up for the playoffs. And uh, it will be definitely a debate between me and you and who we think will win and lose and the reasons why. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. I think Nick Foligno, for his first game, it was a very I, – I would not expect anything better. He caused two goals. Um, the first goal, he didn't assist on, but if you saw it, he pushed the puck up and managed to give it to the off- in the offensive zone and not cause our team to score. Mm-hmm. Even though he never got the assist for it, if it wasn't for him, we would have never got that goal. And he got an assist for an empty net goal. And his defensive abilities for getting those big hits. And you know what? I For his first game, I will not complain. You know what? He's already doing damage for us. He's already getting points for us. And it's very – for a first game, he's already he's already helping the team. And I will not expect anything else. And if he's doing this for the first game, who will, who knows what we'll expect in the future, right? Yeah. And I don't think, like, it's going to be an issue. Anyways, I want to say that Alex Ovechkin. Yes. He misses his first game. Because of injury, the fir- the first time since 2015. Like today, right? Yep. So Ovechkin has missed his first he- NHL game since 2015 due to injury. Due to injury. Wow. Isn't wow, that- that's actually... Yeah. yeah. That's well, it's insane. because he's Russian. What do you think? Russians are like on some <laughs> drug. Like, if they get hurt, they break an ankle. They're like, yeah, I'm fine. Just walk it off. That's actually crazy. I know. Damn. All right. Well, it looks like he'll be he'll be healthy for the next four years. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh. Well, going off of the Ovechkin thing, uh, let's go on to Jacob's weekend picks. Everyone's favorite part of the podcast, where I get to give Jacob a couple games that are happening today and tomorrow. On the weekend, and he gets to predict who wins and loses. Let's start off with the Leafs versus Jets that are playing right now as we speak. I think the Leafs will pull it off. Well, you are watching them, so well, I'm, I'm not watching it, but like I, I'm just looking like at the score. But I think the Leafs will pull it off because they won yesterday, and you know they had a very strong offensive game. Hopefully, if they work on those defensive issues, I think they will pull it off. Yeah. The Carolina Hurricanes versus the uh, Florida Panthers, which is also happening right now. Ooh. I think the if Carolina, Carolina, I think I'm gonna go I'm gonna go for Carolina on this one. If Carolina win uh or get a point and then win their next game, they clinch the playoffs. So Yeah, I think it'll be Carolina. I think I think Carolina will pull off because you know they've been playing really great this season. And I think they'll manage to find a way to win against uh, Florida. The Washington Capitals versus the Islanders. Oh, Washington. Washington without Even without OV. Even without OV. For the first and... time in six years. <laughs> and the Canadians versus the Flames. I see the Flames. I, I have a little soft spot for the Flames in my heart. 
Uh, I don't like like them that much. I like the Leafs ninety nine percent. One percent of me likes the Flames. Why? I think because when I was like five years old, I always played with them because I like their jerseys, their retro jerseys. So I just have a little a little spot for them. But yeah, I I think Flames would win this game as well. Uh, now for Sunday's games, there are dogs barking in three games. There is the Bruins versus the Penguins. I see the Penguins. I think it will be a good game, though. I think uh, so, too. We got the Flyers versus the Devils. I think the Flyers. Who are a little bit of a shit show. but I know, but I, I have hope. <laughs> and uh, Sunday, there's not really that many games, so I just have to throw this game in there. We got the Columbus Blue Jackets versus the Lightning. Oh, I see the Lightning, 100%. Just because I want to do a hot take, I'm going to say the Blue Jackets. So we, <laughs> so we are going to go into a timeout. Jacob uh, will probably not be able to join us for the basketball side as he has people coming over and there's also Renos in his house. A lot of things happening. So uh, thank you, Jacob, for uh, coming and entering the timeout now. <laughs> Hi, Mother Laszlo. It's weird to see what she looks like in here. Can she hear me? Yeah. Hi, Mother Laszlo. That's my dresser. She says hi. Who's that? See, my buddy Tiago. Hello, hello. Hi. Oh my gosh. And the floor looks nice, though. Yeah. This needs to be clean. Looks good, though. You like the floor, Jane, though? Uh, The only thing that I don't like about it is, like, come here. He's like, what? So look, look at the color. Like yeah, this is lighter than. Okay, first of all, first of all, we tried getting that color, but we couldn't. We couldn't do it anymore because they discontinued that floor, right? How can you discontinue? They, the I don't know. So they tried to get it, but they discontinued this floor, this color. So that's why they went with this one. It's only thing that's kind of like pissing me off. Timeout is over, and now it is just me, all by myself, doing the basketball side of the podcast. Um, it's been a while since I've done this. Hopefully, I still know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm going to start it off with the Knicks and the Washington Wizards, because they are very impressive right now. Uh, the Knicks are on a nine-game winning streak, and the Wizards are on a four-game, I believe a fifth, a five-game if they win today or tomorrow. Um it's it's very impressive. To these two teams were nowhere near playoffs last season. I mean the Wizards were kind of close, Knicks weren't at all. Um all of a sudden a couple trades, very very improved defense and offense and they are just cruising with with their their spots. Um the Knicks have the fourth best defensive rating while the Wizards have the seventh best. Uh which is kind of surprising for the Wizards because you would think that Westbrook, John Wall, you know, Danny, well, not Danny and Villa, but like, you know, their players would be way more better offensively, but their defensive rating is actually really good. Um, the Knicks are fourth in the East, while the Wizards are, I think, like 11th or 12th, uh, which sounds far, but they are really, really close to fighting for a playoff spot because the Raptors did lose today against the Knicks. Um, and the Wizards, all they have to do is to make it to a 10th or 9th seed win that little playoff series and they're in the playoffs so you know um that's great for them which i wouldn't like because you know i'm a raptors fan that'd be 
really bad for us. Um, like I said, the Wizards are fighting a playoff spot. And uh, Gafford, who is just a player who came from Chicago in a trade of Chicago who didn't really do much in Chicago, is absolutely going off in the Wizards. He is their big difference maker because the Wizards are missing Thomas Bryant this season. People forget that he got injured with an ACL and he's going to be out the whole season. And this guy was a, was going to be a very vital part. Imagine him, Westbrook, and, and um, Beal, Bradley Beal. That'd be crazy. That'd be very, very good for them. Um, but of course, now with Gafford taking his spot, because of a trade, he's just been a, a huge difference maker. And the difference maker for the Knicks has been the the coach. Uh, Thibodeau has been so good for New York with his plays, what he's thinking, how his defense is. It's just been very impressive. And uh, honestly, I'm very impressed with the Knicks and the Wizards. I hope they make the playoffs, but I also hope that uh, with the Wizards making the playoffs, the Raptors also make it. Somehow. I don't know how, but hopefully. From Tom Thibodeau, the Washington Wizards, and the Knicks, I would like to move on to the New, New I will say the New York Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I just want to talk about them because it's it's a little scary. Obviously, everyone knows they have their three superstars and like Blake Griffin, but I don't think they've played a game with all three of them together. I think they've played one or two or maybe three if they're lucky. Um, Obviously, with Durant out with a thigh contusion and Harden with a, some hamstring problems, I don't know if they can stay healthy enough to win the playoffs. You know, um, Kyrie by himself, who it looks like he's going to be the one healthy guy entering the playoffs, he can't win. Like, maybe he can be lucky enough to win a playoff series, but not to win two or maybe against the Knicks or the Bucks or, you know, plenty of teams, the 76ers. To play against the Boston Celtics. Kyrie by himself would not be able to carry that team. All three of them need to be in that team. They need to play games together. Or else they're just not going to win playoffs. I don't see Kyrie and KD winning it over AD and LeBron. Um, I don't see them winning it over Paul George and Kawhi. I don't see them winning it over some other duels in the league. I would say Utah. But Donovan Mitchell, I don't know how long he's going to be out for. I don't see them winning. Well, maybe they could win against Paul um, Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but I mean, it's, it's, it's a big hot take, and I just don't think that they can do it with just Kyrie, or just Kyrie and Harden, or just Kyrie and KD, something like that, they need all three of them to be able to actually do this, um, Kyrie being the only one healthy, maybe he can win a playoff series, but I don't see him winning two or, or three, or making it to the finals on his own, or at least one of them on his own, they have to have another partner with them. Or else it's just over for them. Their experimental season might be over. Um, but talking about Kyrie with his injuries, problems, Harden, Durant, all these guys not being healthy. I'm just going to list off the amount of people that are injured. These are big names, some surprising names. Uh, players in the NBA that are just... Like, they're all injured. And these are not just small names. These are, like, big players that could help a team some of them maybe not but some of them definitely we've got 
Trey Young, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Gordon Hayward, LaMelo Ball, who's coming back soon, but let's not talk about it, Zach Levine, Jamal Murray, James Wiseman, Christian Wood, John Wall, Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis, Kawhi Leonard, Serge Ibaka, LeBron, Anthony Davis, who might be coming back soon, but we won't talk about it, Valanchunas, Victor Oladipo, Tyler Hierro, Mitchell Robinson, Shea Gilchrist-Alexander, Terrence Ross, Jonathan Isaac, Markel Fultz, Otto Porter Jr., Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, who might be coming back soon, but let's not talk about it, De'Aaron Fox, Rashawn Holmes, Chris Boucher, Donovan Mitchell, and Danny Advia. Some of those players are just Kevin Durant, Harden, Trey Young, Kawhi, LeBron, AD, Embiid. You know, Donovan Mitchell. These names are huge names. Like, the NBA revenue, I haven't checked, but it must be going down. The money that they're earning must be going down. Without these big names playing, and even like Jamal Murray getting injured for a whole season um, for Denver, like, that's a big hit for them. LaMelo Ball might be coming back soon. I know I said I wasn't going to talk about it, but uh, people just assumed that he was out for the season. With like a, a wrist fracture or whatever. People in fantasy leagues were dropping him like crazy. Because he was out. Because they were saying he was out for the season. All of a sudden. Boom. He's coming back in four weeks. Three weeks. Two weeks. Now he's coming back. Uh, I guess he just didn't want to give up. He's he's probably going to play maybe tomorrow. Or whenever the Charlotte Hornets play next. He'll probably be on the court for that game. So uh, shout out to him. But yeah. It's too many people injured. This season has been so weird. I don't know why there's this amount of people injured especially these like big names who don't get injured that often like Trey Young LeBron you know James Harden and Durant a little bit different because they, they do get injured but at this extent I feel like they've had five six different injuries in the past two months like it's it's bad for the league it's bad for just everyone and I had to put in Chris Boucher there because the Raptors were doing so good with him he was doing so good and now he's out I don't know for how long. He's going to get reevaluated soon. So hopefully he's doing good. Um, but yeah, Donovan Mitchell, Embiid, Rashawn Holmes, you know, Mitchell Robinson, Shea Gilge Alexander, Christian Wood. Big names that honestly hurt the NBA's revenue, hurt the teams that they're on because they need them. And, you know, hopefully next season is not like this because obviously every season there's going to be big injuries that happen. Like this season, we had Thomas Bryant in the beginning and, you know, some huge injuries. But to see this amount of injuries and this amount of huge names is not fun to see and not fun to look at. I want to talk about some hot takes, some insane proclamities that some actual NBA fans have about this game. Um... It's it's quite honestly, I wrote down some of these down and I wanted to get my genuine reaction on here, but now reading these, like, it's crazy some of these hot takes. Start off with the one that's probably the most common, Lillard over Curry. That's not true. I love Lillard, I love Curry, both of them are great players, uh, but Damian Lillard don't have the rings. It's just how it is. You don't have the rings and you can't compete with Curry. Even if you take out the rings argument, alright? Curry has probably hit more clutch shots than Lillard. Which, Lillard, in my defense, in his defense actually, like he's hit very clutch shots in very important moments. Uh, but so is Curry. Curry has not done the same amount, 
but definitely has done some very, very important shots in his lifetime to make Golden State win games or, you know, the and one shots that will lead them to tying the game or something like that. You know, so um, I think the, 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 the argument for Lillard over Curry just not valid at this very moment. Once Lillard is pulling off records and NBA, like, you know, analytics are just, like, insane with him and he's closer to an MVP than Curry, then it's different because recently he's been closer to an MVP. But who's in front of him? Embiid, Jokic, and Curry. Curry is literally in front of Lillard in the standings for the MVP race. So, I mean, when the day, when the day comes... That Lillard is above Curry in the MVP standings, and it's like for consecutive months, then maybe you can say that Lillard is the better player for that season. Maybe you can say Lillard has been better for the past two something years, but right now, as we speak, he is not better than Curry overall. It's just not true. Another hot take we have here is the New York Knicks will beat the Bucks in a seven game series. Not true. <laughs> like, they could. They honestly could do that if they really wanted to. If they really tried their hardest, they could. Like I said with um, the Brooklyn Nets, you know, that injury stuff. So who knows what can happen with the Bucks and injuries because Giannis has been injured, I think, two times this season. Middleton, Drew Holiday, you know, so who knows. But I seriously doubt that Julius Randle and Mitchell, Mitchell Robinson, who could come back, uh, for the playoffs. I don't think they can guard Giannis in a seven-game series. Plus, I don't think Alfred Payton, Reggie Bullock, Derrick Rose can pull off the unstoppable against Middleton and and um, Holiday, DiVincenzo, you know. Knicks could. They could beat the Bucks in a seven-game series. Will it happen? Most likely, no. I mean, like, I would love to see that happen. That'd be crazy because Giannis signed a five-year Supermax deal. And then he just gets knocked down like the first or second round to the Knicks. That'd be insane. But I don't see it happening. So, there goes that hot take. Speaking about the New York Knicks, uh, a hot take here is that Julius Randle is better than Zion Williamson. I mean, it's, it's debatable. I mean, people can definitely throw an argument at me that could sway my opinion. But as of right now, Julius Randle is the most improved player, at least in my opinion. Um, and he definitely has better shooting and playmaking. But Zion is a top six or top five like basket scorer. He is a top five finisher. He loves finishing near the rim. He is a f- better player to watch, in my opinion. I feel like when you watch a New Orleans Zion game, it's so fun compared to a Randall New York Knicks game. Even though the Knicks are fun to watch, don't get me wrong, but Zion is just a different breed. To have Julius Randall have one insanely good season and then say that he's better than Zion, even though Zion this is kind of like his first season and he's doing what Zion what Randall's doing now, but a little bit worse, like I don't think there's a comparison yet. We have to wait in a couple years when Zion's actually been playing games, you know, when Randall maybe if he keeps this up if Randall doesn't keep this up, then there's a different story, you know? He's definitely not, but it all depends on over time. As of right now, this very moment, Zion has more potential than Randall. Zion is better than Julius Randall. 
And in my opinion, I think Julius Randle will not be better than Zion in his career. Uh, it just depends playoffs-wise what will happen. The last hot take I have is actually about the most improved player, Julius Randle versus Michael Porter Jr. People are saying that Chris Boucher should be the most improved player over them too. He shouldn't. I mean, I love Chris Boucher. He's doing way better than what he does before. Uh, but compared to them two, he is not the most improved player. And Christian Wood could have been the most improved player. But he's just been injured. He's been resting. He's been out of games. He has not been playing games for the NBA season and the Houston Rockets. So between Michael Porter Jr. and Julius Randle, I mean, Michael Porter definitely has a case. Definitely has a case for it. And who knows what will happen in the next couple games because Jamal Murray's out and so is Will Barton. So Michael Porter Jr. is definitely going to get way more touches of the ball and one more plays and all of that. But, but, Julius Randle has made, has literally transformed his team into a winning team. Literally transformed his Knicks with just uh, Obi Top and pickup and a new coach. Absolutely propelled them and became an MVP, MIP, a, um, I think he was an all-star. I can't quite remember. I'm pretty sure he was an all-star. He deserves the MIP way more than Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr. has done what he's done, and I think he can be a superstar if he was on any other team who needs a second superstar. But him being with Jokic and Murray kind of... I mean, it did upgrade his MIP talks because he uh, is getting all these points, rebounds, assists, and stuff with Murray and Jokic. But at the same time, I just don't see Randall not winning it, especially with how passionate the... uh, Knicks fans are about him winning that tournament, that tournament, that um, trophy. He deserves it. He honestly does deserve that. All right, so we're going to move on to Julian's weekend picks, but it is not Julian. It is Tiago's weekend picks. Let's go. (laughs) I'm going to say some games that are happening today and tomorrow for basketball, and I will give my predictions. Um, I know the basketball section of this week was a little bit shorter than uh, than there usually are. But it's just tough, you know, um, having these topics and not having a conversation with someone's a little bit different than just talking about these topics on my own because I can only put on the conversation for longer as much as I can. Uh, but next week or the week after, whenever um, Julian is able to come back and play and talk about the NBA and the Raptors and all of that stuff, then don't worry, the basketball's, uh moment of the podcast will be way way longer but for now we're just going to go on to these weekend picks starting off with the san antonio spurs versus the new orleans pelicans um i'm gonna go with the pels on this one i think that demar the rosen is an incredible player i love him to death but zion ingram are just gonna go off today lonzo ball i feel like my prediction for today is lonzo ball is gonna pop off have a plus 20 point game and like five assists, I just think he's doing good, gonna do good today, especially against like Dejounte Murray. So yeah, I'm going with the Pels. Next we have the Chicago Bulls versus the Miami Heat. Both a little bit struggling right now, but I'm gonna go with the Miami Heat. They like Jimmy Butler said, they are consistently inconsistent, and because they're working on that, I think they'll win. Jimmy Butler. Doing what Jimmy Butler does best. Um, 
Tyler Hero very underperforming, and now he's injured. So they might be regretting not trading him away because he's a little, he's not doing too good now, but he's injured. So who, I don't know who's going to take his sixth-man spot, but whoever does will um, hopefully do good. I think they'll beat the Bulls. The Los Angeles Lakers with AD possibly coming back today versus the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I think the Los Angeles Lakers will win this game. They have a lot of injuries with um, Schroeder, Drummond is day-to-day, LeBron, obviously the, the GOAT, Jared Dudley. But um, I think they'll win. I don't know. Something just in my gut tells me that Lakers will win today. So I'm going for the Lakers to win it today against the Mavs. And, I mean, if it happens, if it happens. If it doesn't, I like the Mavs, so I don't mind them winning the game either. And the last game for uh, Saturday, we've got the Timberwolves versus the Jazz. I'm going with the Timberwolves on this one. It's the, the dumbest prediction I've ever done in my life. But like the Lakers, my gut is just telling me that the Timberwolves are going to do something Hopefully they don't get blown out and embarrass me, but I think the Timberwolves will win this game. There's absolutely no reason other than my gut is telling me to say that. So, if I get it wrong, oh well. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not going to be mad, but... I mean, if it happens, call me the prediction king, because that's insane. That's a good prediction. For Sunday's games, we've got some interesting ones. We've got the Celtics versus the Hornets. Obviously, Gordon Hayward is out. So that's a little bit tough for um, the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, LaMelo Ball will probably be back that game. And if he is back, I mean, I'm still going to go for the Celtics. Even if Ball comes back or not, I'm going to go with the Celtics. I think they'll win this game. Uh, they're, they're performing better than they were before. They're definitely consistently winning now. Um, but yeah, I mean... Um, it's a good game, but I think Celtics will win that one. We've got the Brooklyn Nets without KD and Harden versus the Phoenix Suns. I'm going with the Phoenix Suns on this one. Uh, Kyrie getting guarded by Chris Paul is all I need to hear because they don't. That, they're gonna have to rely on Jeff Green, on Bruce Brown. They're gonna rely on their Timothy Lawalu Cabro. They're gonna rely on um, their center DeAndre Jordan. They're gonna not. They're going to try to rely on Kyrie, but him getting guarded by Chris Paul and then getting a switch on with Devin Booker, uh, yeah, I don't see him getting over 35 points or 40 points um, and winning the game for them. I see him getting a lot of assists, but not points. I think the Suns will win that. Let's go Suns. Next, we've got Lillard versus the Grizzlies, also known as Grizzlies versus the Portland Trailblazers. I'm going for the Grizzlies. Um, no reason, just I think that the Grizzlies need to start winning some games. They want to guarantee a playoff spot. You have to start winning now. There's only like a couple weeks left. So, um, if there's any time to do it, the time is now. Like John Cena says, you can't see me, my time is now. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, the Grizzlies just need to start winning. I think today is the day where they win. Atlanta Hawks versus the Bucks. I think the Bucks win. Atlanta Hawks without... Trey Young are like like the Atlanta Hawks without Trey Young this year is like the Washington Wizards without Bradley Beal. Like yeah, they've got good players, but at the same time, it's just something's off. Something's wrong here. 
You know, they're not going to rely off of John Collins and Tony Snell the whole time. Hopefully their bench does something good, but yeah, I think the Bucks will win this one with ease, maybe by 10 or 15 points. And the last game, which is a pretty obvious game to predict, well, maybe, who knows, the Kings versus the Warriors, uh, Curry's going to carry, he's going to do what Curry does best. He is going to win this game for the Golden State Warriors. With all of that being said, that ends off the NHL session. That ends off the basketball section. But I want to talk about UFC. Um, UFC, and then I want to talk about baseball. But the UFC are fighting today. As soon as I end this podcast, I'm going to edit and watch the UFC um, fights today. It's a big, big main event tonight. And I can't wait to see who wins and who loses. But... I want to predict some of the stuff that happens, so I'm going to do some of my predictions. Uh, starting off with the first fight of the main card, Anthony Smith versus Jimmy Crute. I think Anthony Smith wins this one. I don't know much about the two fighters, but I have seen some highlights. I do think Anthony Smith will win this this fight. Um, and it, 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 Hopefully it's a good fight to start off the day, because uh, that would really get my blood pumping. We've got Hall versus Chris Weidman. I'm going to go for Weidman. He is such a powerful hitter, and he's good on the floor, and he just knows what he's doing when he's in that ring. Uh, Hall, on the other hand, he's super good. Don't get me wrong. He's super good, but I just think Weidman has that that edge on him with his striking, his grappling, and um, honestly, Chris Weidman should be getting a title shot soon. Um, I personally think that he is that good. He deserves... Uh, at least a higher rank and a, a good title shot. Next, we've got the third. I like to call this this the third main event because all three of these fights are crazy main eventers. Valentino Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade. I'm going for Valentino Shevchenko. She is the only girl, in my opinion, that I think can beat Amanda Nunes. So I want them to go to the same weight class. I want them to fight, please. Uh, but yeah, I think Shevchenko's too overpowered in her weight class. Um, I think Amanda Nunes is too overpowered in a weight class. And I also think uh, one of the other fights who I'll talk about later, Willie Zhang, is too overpowered. I feel like all of them should just start fighting each other and see who's actually the best. Because Amanda Nunes is the greatest female fighter of all time. But if she can lose to Shevchenko or uh, Zhang, that'd be insane. But anyways, yeah, I think Shevchenko is going to actually have a close fight with Jessica Andrade. She is a very talented gift. She is a very gifted and talented fighter, but Shevchenko is the champion for a reason, and she will probably win this fight. The second main event, or the co-main event, we've got Rosa Namajunas versus Willie Zhang. Um, every time I've watched Namajunas fight, she's lost. I think she's lost like the last three times I've watched her fight, so she's hoping that I don't watch this time, but I'm going to be watching. Um, I think Willie Zhang wins this one. She's so overpowered. The zombie, I think that's what she calls herself, the zombie. She is so overpowered, and I actually love watching her fight. She is so entertaining, and her grappling sometimes can be annoying, but at the same time, it wins her fights. So, I think that she will win this fight. And the last fight, we've got Masvidal versus Usman. What a fight. The last time they fought... um, Masvidal had like a week's notice and only trained to fight Usman like specifically for a week. And he did very well against Usman. He did very, very well. 
against a, a guy who you wouldn't think you you just think that he would knock out Masvidal, but no, Masvidal stood up and he did his ground and he played an amazing fight. Um, Usman, as the champion, now has had months to train for this fight. I think it's gonna go all five rounds. I think this is gonna be a very good fight. I think Masvidal is an entertainer. I think that Usman will win it all, but Masvidal, I won't be surprised if he wins. I generally won't. He doesn't deserve the title um, belts that he's getting with Usman, but if he wins, then he shows that he deserves it, and it will just be an absolute, like, crazy main event. I think that it will be Usman, though, who wins it all. And now just uh, talking about something really quickly in baseball. Um, a 46 mile per hour pitch was thrown which for people who don't watch baseball that is something that you're never going to hear and you don't want to hear when you're a baseball coach the average thrown fast ball or curve ball or any type of ball the fastest ball thrown is in the 100 miles per hour the average number that pops up on the on the like the screen when you throw a ball is between 80 and 90 miles per hour Alright? Us Teal, who two seasons ago was throwing fastballs and getting home runs off of it, and he hated that, spent two years throwing slow balls in his training, and now he made it to the um, NBA again, and he threw a 46 mile power pitch. And people are probably thinking, okay, well that's 40 miles per hour shorter, or uh, yeah, shorter than what they usually get. He probably homered it. He didn't swing. He did not swing, and it's not like this is the first time. He hasn't been throwing 46 miles per hour balls, but he's been throwing 50 miles per hour and very slow fastballs, and it's been working. The hits that the batters are getting are bad hits, not home runs, not in the middle of the field, in the outfield. They're hitting it, and it's going straight to third base and getting caught, or straight to the pitcher, or straight to first base. I think it's just knowing that that speed is not there, that they're going to have to hit it harder, but it's just working. And I don't know how it's working because he's getting outs and striking out his opponents, but I just don't know how it's working. And I love it. <laughs> I love seeing 46 miles per hour and no one, no one try to throw a bat to it. That's actually crazy. With all of that being said, I am going to end the podcast here. If you enjoyed, uh, all of our Instagrams are in the beginning of the video. Um, if you want to rate us on Apple Podcasts, do that. If you want to follow us on Spotify, do that. And uh, in two seasons, two, sorry, in two episodes, it will be our 10th episode. And um, I'm going to end the season. And we're going to start off uh, the 11th episode, actually, as season one. Sorry, as season two, I want to say this again. Cut this out. With all of that being said, I'm going to end the episode here. If you enjoyed it, follow us on Spotify, download our episodes, rate us on Apple Podcasts, do whatever you can to support the podcast. Um, in two episodes, it's going to be our tenth episode, and after that, I'm going to end the season one of Six Man Podcast, um, starting season two in three weeks, which is very fun. Um, some stuff might change you never know uh, but with season 2 
the Six Man Podcast is going to have a Twitter. The Six Man Podcast is going to have an Instagram with updates. Uh, the Six Man Podcast will be better in Season 2. Um, so if you want to just support us with that movement, please do follow us. Please do let us know on Snapchat or Instagram or whatever you follow me on. Let us know how we're doing on the Six Man Podcast because it will be greatly appreciated. With all of that being said, I would like to end it here. Thank you guys for listening and see you next episode.